It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. What type of games being played? How's it doing down? It's all to the scar that I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Think I'm trying to get me a nut. Cause honey's wanna give me the vibe. Why? I'm politicking with this chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. Little hood rapper from 25th named Jamaica coming through like I do. You know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411, size 7 and girls. Baby face would look like she was 11 with curls. Girlfriend, what? remember me from way back? I'm the same cap, the wave cap that my fucker at TNT used to blaze at. Still here, so it's all good. Oh, you know my niggas rich and them doing their thing on 35th day. It's a small hood and it's all wood, so let me get that number. I get up, I hit you on the track later on see what's up talking to shorty made me want to do something nice looking at that ass made me want to do something tonight and i know right when i see right shorty looking like she tight and she bite better give a nigga the green light what's that my angel being played how's it going down it's all till it's gone then i got to know now cause you with me you what nigga trying to get me enough just cause honey's want to give me the what what like the game being played how's it going down it's all till it's gone then i Shorty like what you need, what you want uh, One for nothing, cause I got you But you front, uh, I see you with your baby father But it don't matter, since you gave me the pussy That ass getting fatter uh, Let that nigga play daddy, make moves with me I done kept it more than real, boo Can't lose with me, true Dirty smacked you, cause you said my name when y'all was sexy uh, Ran up on this cat, he thought was me and started flexing uh, You know I ain't even with that He gon' have to get that just on TV. Tried to creep me? What? Leave that nigga sleepy. Put on a strength for you when that's your kid's daddy. I ain't gon' send him on his way, put him up in that big caddy. But let him know. Never mind, yo. I need you to go. Take the snow up to 150. C Joe, get that. Come back with that, and we can split that. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA. The HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Welcome in to another edition of the HBCU Report for Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I am your host, Rob Calloway. Thank you for tuning in. However you may be listening, be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Well, folks, we last joined you Saturday morning, and since Saturday morning, oh, yeah, we finally got the announcement. It wasn't a secret. We knew what was going to happen come Monday at what was it? 11, 11 Eastern, 10 Central or 11 Central. Whenever, whenever the, the commissioner, uh, Charles McClellan and the uh, athletic directors of the SWAC all convened, I guess it was via Zoom or Teams or Google Hangouts or something like that. But uh, nonetheless, we get the announcement Monday afternoon that the SWAC has uh, indeed uh, not canceled, but postponed fall sports until the spring. Now, the difference between the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, CIAA, the difference between the, the, the four is that 
the CIAA, SIAC, yeah, they are talking about fall sports. The MEAC, I don't, I, I don't think I've heard them talk about fall sports. I could be mistaken. Uh, but the SWAC actually has a plan in place. And so it looks like they're, uh, they are ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, because that's what the SWAC does. That's what they do. That's what they does. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in response to the SWAC uh, postponing fall sports, uh, coming up tonight in the next segment, actually, we're going to be joined by Jennifer Lynn Williams, the athletic director uh, of the Alabama State University. Uh, going to talk to her about uh, everything going on uh, in regards to, uh, you know, the, the fall sports actually taking place in the spring as well as some great things that she has going on down there in Montgomery because, man, it is always a great time to be a Hornet. But right now, oh, yeah, man, we riding high right now. Woo, we riding so high. Woo, we riding high. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you Thursday night. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, no show Tuesday. Um, You know, I always try to keep it real. Anytime I, I'm broadcasting, I always try to keep it real. Uh, last week, Man, I lost one of my good homeboys. One, one of my good homeboys, one of the most loyal dudes I know. Uh, my homeboy, Big Chris Lockhart, uh, passed away uh, last Tuesday. And so, um, you know, they were having all the home-going go- commemoration, celebration, all that stuff. Uh, went down Tuesday and Wednesday. So Tuesday, uh, I-, I went down just to pay my respects. And so, you know, sometimes... Well, all the time when it comes to my people, you know, I'm, I'm always put my people before uh, this crazy, stupid radio show. Yeah, got to, man. You know, you only live once and you're only blessed with a certain amount of, uh, of good, loyal friends, you know. So uh, anytime you lose one, you know, it's very important that you uh, pay your respects, pay your homage, if you will. Um, and so uh, coming up next week, man, we're going to try to do a full week of shows come next week, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. Because I just refuse to um, do the, what's the next year, Craigstad? What's the next year? Yeah, okay. So whenever we, we get a full weekend, we're going to start at, at the year 2004, celebrating the year 2004. Whenever we get, whenever we get it in, I'm, I'm shooting for next week. It just seems like something happens every freaking week. You know what they say, life happens fast. So, you know, as long as I have that understanding, then, you know, it, it's all good. And uh, for those of you who uh, been away for a while or just tuning in for the first time, uh, you can go back, relive any moment, any interview, any episode of the HBCU Report on demand 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any platform where great podcasts are served. All right? Man, I cannot wait to get up out of here tonight. Boy, I'm going to go hit that track. Well, it's been a couple of days. That's what I'm saying, man. Life happens so fast. I haven't been able to get my runs in, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm just like a, man, I'm like a fool right now. But as soon as this show is over with, as soon as 745 and 30 seconds hit, boy, I am hitting the dough. Know that. Know that. <laughs> All right. So what else we got going on, man? Since we last joined you. Oh, how could I forget? So tonight what we're doing, man, we're just playing a little music. Snoop Dogg, DMX, uh, just commemorating last night's versus battle. Which was, in my opinion, it was epic. It was epic. I mean, the 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 vibe was so the vibe was so great 
in the room uh, between DMX and Snoop. Oh my God. That made it even better. Snoop in the dancing. I mean, DMX, he got into, you know, ad-libbing, the, the death row classics. I mean, it was, look, it was one for the ages. Now, I know a lot of folks were saying they enjoyed the uh, Fabulous and Jadakiss, which, uh, you know, whatever, man. You know, I was telling somebody uh, a couple days ago, I can't remember who it was, that I that the the, the best verses up until last night, in my opinion, was Kirk Franklin and and Fred Hammond. You know, I know it was gospel, but that was probably the best vibe that we've had because every, you know, up until now, you know, well, well actually then, because they were together, but up until, you know, here recent, you know, we've been having to deal with the, uh, the Wi-Fi issues that some people may or may not be having, and it just kind of, created a whole new scenario. So what what I'm what I'm calling for is for versus just to do a, a redo for everybody. Let Luda and Nelly let them meet up at the studio. Redo. We need a redo from everybody. Scott Storch, Manny Fresh, we just need a redo from everybody. Oh, we haven't forgot. We still want that 3-6 Mafia Bone Thugs and Harmony battle. Yeah. Put them in the studio and then you don't have to really worry about it. But I thought last night Man, I thought last night was, was whew, it was a lot. I can't lie. I thought that, that you know, hit for hit, Snoop was probably going to smoke DMX. But, um, man, D got some records. He got some records, and I know a lot of folks felt like uh, DMX might have got Snoop. You know, I don't know. I'm a Snoop fan. I'm a DMX fan, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we go uh, celebrate them tonight, man, because it was definitely uh, one for the ages, man. Definitely one for the ages. Uh, what else we got going on before we get ready to go to commercial break, man? What else we got going on? Crack staff. Oh, yeah. How about this? Yeah, the, the guy that everybody is talking about right now, Mikey Williams, he's dropped his top 10 school list, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, you got those HBCUs on there. So... Uh, this is what his list looks like. Uh, of course, he is uh, from uh, San Diego, but this is what he got. The SWAC, Bama State, Texas Southern, North Carolina Central, Hampton University, Tennessee State. Then he has um, Kansas, Arizona State, uh, Southern Cal, and Memphis that are on his list. And so, uh, yeah, man, I, I look. I'm I'm all in favor of this kid making making the move, man. Make the big move, man. You know, make the move. Open the floodgates. That's all I keep saying. Open the floodgates. Yeah, I need so many of y'all blue chips to come through. I need it to be like that old gospel song. What they say, who in the hell left the gate open? <laughs> That's what we need, man. That is what we need. Oh, yeah. All right, so I don't have time to talk about this right now. But two things that, that we're definitely going to talk about before we get out of here, and we'll probably just have to expand on the Saturday morning on the big show via xsquadradio.com. But that is Mike Tyson and Roy Jones have agreed to uh, this exhibition. Hopefully we have time in the third segment. And then Dwayne Wade made some comments to uh, uh, Kari Champion uh, about uh, McCurr Maker's decision to go to uh, uh, Howard. And a lot of folks whew, ruffled a lot of folks' feathers. But uh, if we have time, we'll definitely make sure we talk about that. But coming up next, uh, Jennifer Lynn Williams. 
the athletic director from the Alabama State University, joins the show. This is the HBCU Report. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Willie Simmons, head football coach of the Florida A&M University Rattlers. How much do you think that the, the cancellation of the combine as well as those pro days are really hurt players like Ryan uh, from, from getting drafted? I think it had a profound uh, impact. You know, you look at this year, only six FCS football players were drafted. I mean, it's the lowest figure. Uh, I think the uh, stats I read was since 2003. So that's not even one per conference. And so uh, I think it's the average around between, you know, 15 to 20 guys per year from the FCS ranks that, that get drafted. And I think a lot of that comes from those guys who want to have great pro days. And let's say in Ryan's case, and some of the guys that in our conference uh, or the swag, the, the chance to have the HBCU combine. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead. But you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Visit gema.ga.gov. Brought to you by GEM, HSA, Ready Georgia, FEMA, and the Ad Council. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Welcome back to the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. We're not here. We're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Snoop right there, for real. Uncle Charlie. Yeah, man, as we commemorate last night's versus battle, which was truly for the culture. Now, when I got up first thing this morning, I saw an article said um, that DMX defeated Snoop. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Anyway, you know, there were no there were no winners, no losers last night for me, man. It was win-win for me. Totally win-win. But right now, uh, as promised, we are being joined on the line by the most popular athletic director in the SWAC. Oh, we finally tracked her down, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, we <laughs> we are being joined now by Jennifer Lynn Williams, athletic director of the Alabama State University. So, first of all, Jennifer, welcome to the HBCU Report. 
Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate your kind words and um, for you all having me on the show today. Oh, no, because it's always a great time to be a Hornet around these parts. So, you know, <laughs> it's, my, it's my pleasure. My that pleasure. is true. Absolutely. Absolutely. So oh, let's uh, let's start here. Let's start with the uh, the big news uh, that, that came down Monday. And that was uh, that the Southwestern Athletic Conference had decided to postpone fall sports. Uh, they actually, you know, actually had a, a plan in place, uh, you know, postponing fall sports and moving them to the spring. Um, so what was this whole conversation like uh, in regards to uh, what you guys were going to do? So um, we have been talking as a conference for a couple of months, um, monitoring the landscape, just like um, the ADs at our various institutions, just tracking on how the virus was um, manifesting in various states in our conference landscape. And so um, this wasn't a fly-by-the-seat decision. This was something that each institution had worked on plans or already had plans in place for their student-athletes to return. But after really just looking at how the month of, you know, July was going, how June ended, and the cases continued to rise, the commissioner, um, you know, had a meeting with our presidents and chancellors, and it was decided that the best move for our conference would be to postpone those um, fall sports and play them in the spring. So now that now that we know that there is a plan in place, uh, I think what I read was eight conference games uh, with the with the availability of, of being able to play two non-conference games. Um, I saw a quote from Perrin King in the uh, mm-hmm. Birmingham newspaper, and he was saying that uh, that the Magic City Classic is still a thing. So 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 we actually gonna have a spring Magic City Classic. Is that what I'm hearing? That is what I'm hearing. I saw the same article. Um, Just for clarification, the plan that we put out in terms of a draft was for seven, for us to have a seven-game. Seven, okay. For seven games, we would play six conference opponents and then have the opportunity to play one non-conference. But the students will report back in January with us starting to play either end of February, beginning of March, and that will go through April. So, yes, it's very possible. And after seeing the quote from uh, Perrin King that we will have a spring uh, Magic City Classic, I know that that's something our fans are excited about. I've seen a lot of positive response on social media. And so, um, you know, the classic in the spring, good weather, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it's something to look forward to. I think it gives our fans something to look forward to. And once dates are solidified, I do believe that the Magic City Classic folks, uh, Bruno event team will put those tickets on sale. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Jennifer Lynn Williams. She is the athletic director of the Alabama State University. Uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a big, you know, 2020 sucked, you know, in, in many aspects, you know, I mean, seriously, you know, we, we've, we've lost, you know, all, all of the, you yeah. know, the big three, we lost the big three this year and Joseph Lowry. And then, you know, a couple of days ago, we lost CT Vivian, we lost John Lewis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so 2020, you can kind of just, you can kind of just hang it up, man. But, uh, you know, it's been big for the swag. You know, it's been really big for the SWAC, especially when you talk about during th- this whole pandemic. I mean, we had to shut down spring sports, but the the conversation when you talk about the SWAC, man, the conversation has been through the roof. When you talk about the addition of Florida and M and Bethune Cookman to the conference, so uh, what what are your thoughts uh, about the uh, about these two recent additions? 
Yeah, um, you know, like you mentioned, um, Rob, 2020 has been a tough year. Um, I'm a very positive person, so I try to look at all the, you know, the bright spots. And I'm um, adding, when you look at our conference, adding FAMU and Bethune, that was, that's major for us. Um, I think that we complement each other, and um, it's a win-win for both institutions as well as our conference. When you talk about brands, you know, both Bethune-Cookman and FAMU have extremely strong brands. FAMU has a great following. Um, I used to be a part of the MEAC, so I'm familiar with both both of those institutions. And we're excited when you talk about the level of competition. It's only going to make us better. Um, we play a lot of them. Uh, a lot of our schools play. FAMU and Bethune. I know we play FAMU in baseball. We play them in um, softball, volleyball. You know, so we're playing them now. And so this just, it makes sense. When you look at the region, you know, Tallahassee is a three-hour drive from Alabama State. So it makes sense. And we're just happy to see the growth of our conference. Um, again, I'm big on the leadership. And uh, Commissioner McClellan has done a really good job of laying out the vision for our conference. And, you know, the ADs have been very involved. And, um, you know, we're ready to really put the swag on the map. We know what we have to offer, but it's really about getting our brand out to the masses so that they understand that, you know, HBCU, we can hang with the best of them. While, you know, we don't try to be the power five, there are things that we have in our conference from a historical aspect from um, a, a competition aspect, there's a flair. We have a swagger to um, what we do here in the swag. And so I think it's really going to add to our brand, add to, you know, what we have to offer at the conference with the addition of FAMU and Bethune Cookman. Absolutely. Now, uh, we recently, uh, like I said, it was a couple of great things that happened, you know, HBCU-wise in 2020. We had uh, uh, McCurr Maker, uh, the, the blue chip, actually commit to Howard University a, a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. that was and that was all the big news uh, but a lot of folks have been questioning you know HB I mean they're still questioning HBCUs and questioning his decision you know why he would choose an HBCU and then you start to understand that a lot of the sports media they really they really don't get it you know that um you know that HBCUs is just like any other college. You know, I mean, if you're right. a, if you're a blue chip at Duke, you're gonna be a blue chip at Bama State or Jackson State or, or anywhere. Um, so, you know, just from an athletic director standpoint, uh, seeing a, a, a commitment of this magnitude for HBCUs, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I can look at it from both, you know, as a former basketball player um, who, you know, played at a Power Five to an AAB at a at a um, HBCU. If you're good, you're going to be noticed. And I, I, I'm a true believer in if you're good, people will find you. And it's about fit. You know, I think that knowing where you're going, I think the time right now for HBCUs is extremely hot. Um, as an HBCU, though, we have to be ready to receive these types of recruits. We have to go out there because this is our time, and we have to shoot our shot. I tell my coaches, you know, don't get intimidated by by the Power Five and the group of five schools that are recruiting certain student-athletes. I wish an HBCU would have recruited me as a, as a high school student in Michigan. No, none recruited me, so I didn't learn about HBCUs until I went to the University of North Carolina and was in the Research Triangle Park area where you had North mm-hmm. Carolina Century, you had Shaw University, St. Aug, and just a lot of um, diversity in colleges there. So 
we have to go out there and we have to be confident in what we have to offer at historically black colleges and universities because we have a brand. And with the social injustices taking place in the nation right now, more minority student athletes are want to come to some place where they're accepted, where they can be themselves. They don't have to code switch. You don't have to change who you are when you walk on a campus and you're accepted and you have that family that love that your fans are with you and behind your back 110%. So, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. Um, you know, our student athletes now have the platform with social media where you can touch them. You know, when I was coming out of high school 20 years ago, we didn't have social media, so that reach wasn't there. But now with social media, you can touch these student athletes. You may be in Alabama, but you can touch someone in California, in New York, just by, you know, being on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just think the time is now, you know, I'm using my Alabama state, the time is now, <laughs> the time is Absolutely. now for HBCUs and, you know, our coaches have to be intentional with who they're going at and student athletes. I tell them, you know, don't come to an HBCU just cause it's the quote unquote hot thing to do right now. Come because you really understand the culture. You really understand the why of the institution you're considering and what it can do for you and how it can build you and help you once you leave sports. Yep, 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 yep. Now, you know, that's enough about everybody else. Let's talk about Bama State because there's been some great <laughs> things going on at Bama State. Boy, South Jackson Street is hot right now. You know, <laughs> you, you know, we got the the, the Mo Williams uh, as the, the new head basketball coach. And, I mean, every time I turn around, we, we just – we land in recruit after recruit after recruit. And, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, when you start seeing stories – you know, HBCUGameDay.com, where they're like, yeah, Mo, you know, about Mo and his recruiting, it, it's phenomenal. Uh, also, Coach uh, Hill Ely doing a phenomenal job as the uh, as the football coach, the baseball, the softball, everything's through the roof. The golf is through the roof. So, you know, in your time there as athletic director, or let's just say when, when you came into Bama State, you know, what were your goals and do you feel like, you know, you're hitting the mark, you know, on, on the goals that you set, not only for yourself, but for the university. Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. So um, when I came into uh, Alabama State, um, I came in as the number two as the deputy athletic director, and I'm approaching almost four years at Alabama State. But it was never my intent to be the athletic director at Alabama State. Um, there were some things that happened where um, I had to step up. And I tell people all the time, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I knew that it was a goal of mine to be an athletic director. And, um, you know, the opportunity presented itself for me to step in and lead. And, you know, always my goal is for us to develop our student-athletes after they graduate. That's always the top priority. Now, we want to win. I'm a competitor. I do not like to lose. And so I think that resonates in my coaches and that then trickles down to our student athletes. We have been very lucky that we've been able to, you know, uh, recruit and retain some really good student athletes who get it, you know, that it's, it's about being successful in the classroom as well as in their respective sport. So we are hitting the mark. Um, I, you know, would like to see us grow and um, and perform better in our revenue-generating sports, which we are on that path. I think hiring Mo Williams was a huge step that, um, you know, his brand recognition, just, you know, being able to win on all levels 
his connections to the Southeast as well as across the country. Him being a former player, I really think student-athletes are more apt to listen and respond when their coach has been there and been in their shoes. So we're trending in the right direction. Um, you know, this season, this academic year is going to look a lot different, but our goal is still the same. We want to be the best team in the SWAC. We won the Commissioner's Cup, which is given to the top athletic program the past six years. Our goal is we're going for seven. We won the academic award for the, you know, highest, percentage of student athletes with a 3.0 the past two years in a row and it just was introduced last year so we want to continue that dominance and we want to show that we not only perform in our sport and winning championships but we also perform in the classroom which prepares our student athletes to be champions in life absolutely great stuff man boy i'm telling you boy i wish you had been i wish you had been the ad when i was at bama state because man things were rough <laughs> but 20 years ago when i but Ooh, things were rough. Man, well, I'm going to say 14 <laughs> years ago when I got there. Things were, oh, my God. Hold on. It's been longer than that. It's been 24 years since I actually <laughs> arrived at South Jackson Street. Things were rough. Things were really rough. I Look, I don't remember winning too much, man. Football, basketball, I don't remember winning too much. So, um, you know, like I said, it's always a great time to be a Hornet, and I'm glad that uh, you're there in position and actually – um, you know, writing, uh, you know, writing the ship, so to speak. And, um, you know, I wish you nothing but uh, continued success. You know, I, I love to see Bama State winning, winning championships, winning those commissioner cups. I love it. So, um, you know, I appreciate you for, for checking in with us. Um, don't be a stranger to the show because we definitely, we definitely <laughs> want to have you back on because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm more than appreci- overly appreciative um, or the job that you're doing there at Bama State. And, um, you know, I appreciate you for joining us on the show. Well, I appreciate it, Rob. And, you know, um, just we appreciate your support as an alum and just everything that you invest in um, the profession to report on HBCU sports and happening. Um, and we just thank you and we're proud of you. And, you know, definitely, you know, anytime you, you know, want me to, to, to hop on the air, just you know, reach out to Travis and, and we'll we'll get it together. We'll make it work. Absolutely. Oh yeah, shouts out to the Travis Jerome. That boy, man. Let me tell you, <laughs> when I he when he was with the enemy, I ain't really like it when he was with the enemy. <laughs> well, since he been at Bama State, boy, he been top notch. I mean, he got to be the top SID in the in the swag. So uh, hands down, hands down. Absolutely, he is. and he's getting that master's degree from Bama State, so he's officially going to be a Hornet. So <laughs> you know that that's great stuff, right yep. there. Great stuff. So yeah, Jennifer, we'll definitely be in touch. And again, I appreciate you for joining us. Okay. All right, thanks, Rob. All right, thank you. All right, great stuff right there. Jennifer Lynn Williams, man, really appreciate her for checking in with the show. All right, so coming up, the third and final segment, Dwayne Wade and his comments about HBCUs and McCurmaker's decision to uh, attend Howard University. All of that and more coming up next right here on the HBCU Report. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. (laughs) Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Slap shit. Yeah. Slap shit is like 
bump the fuck out, for real. See, to live is to suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Ayo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. So I can tear shit up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can tear shit up. I've been through mad different phases, like mazes, to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away. If I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids doing something more constructive with the time than bitch. I know because I've been there. Now I'm in there, sit back and look at what it took for me to get there First came the bullshit, the drama with my mama She got on some fly shit, so I split and said that I'ma be that seed That doesn't need much to succeed Strapped with mad greed, a heart that doesn't bleed I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was Bagging niggas when I caught a bus, I'm thinking about how short I was Going too fast, it wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell Group homes and institutions, prepare my ass for jail They put me in a situation, forcing me to be a man When I was just learning to stand without a Helping hand, damn, was it my fault? Something I did to make a father leave his first kid at seven, doing my first bid. Back on the scene at 14, with a scheme to get more green than I'd ever seen in the dream. And by all means, I will be living high off the hog. And I never gave a fuck about much but my dog. That's the only motherfucker I'd head off in my last. Just another little nigga headed nowhere fast. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. Welcome back to the HBCU Report, where we are celebrating last night's versus battle between DMX and Snoop Dogg, which was epic. <laughs> oh my God, I don't think I'm going to get over Snoop and that, and that crit walking last night. Just all that dancing and all that ad-libbing he was doing last night was too much. <laughs> oh man, definitely one for the ages, man, versus... Hey, y'all that hey, y'all just keep doing it. Just keep doing it just like that right there. I, I mean, we need some who is Ja Rule gonna battle? That's what I wanna know. That's that's the big question. Are we gonna get a Ja Rule sighting on versus? Cause Ja Rule got some hits. You know, T I already called out fifty, but we see that's gone nowhere. You know, but but we need uh we need another battle like last night. Last night was one for the ages, man. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. All right, so uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at HBCU Report. Um, oh, before we went to break, uh, I I mentioned Dwayne Wade and and his comments in regards to uh, McCur Maker's decision to attend Howard University. He made these comments to Kari Champion uh, on NBA on TNT. And uh, if you haven't heard it, uh, here's what he had to say. I love this move that this young man has made, but this is my my dilemma with this move. Um, HBCUs do not have, they do not, if 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 the bigger programs don't schedule Howard on their schedule, we will not get a chance to see this young man, Mm -hmm. right? If TV is X, don't put their games on TV, we will not get a chance to see this man. Mm-hmm. They, Howard University plays in an arena that seats less than 3,000 people, mm-hmm. right? You go to these other arenas, Kentucky, all these big schools, they seat 10,000, 20,000 people. So, like, <clears throat> I love the move he made, mm-hmm. and, and I hope other black athletes choose to, to do HBCU, but the college basketball 
and everyone else how to do their job to make sure that the HBCUs are pulled up from the dirt because yes. that's where they are right now. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, no, well, he's right. D-Wade's point, you are right about that. But I will say this, just by background, I asked him that very same question and his logic to me was very smart. He said, look, if LaMelo Ball can do it from Australia and I know that the facilities there are nothing and he's already a lottery pick, perhaps number one, why can't I do it? Ooh, you know, a lot of folks... Uh... Ruffled a lot of feathers with those comments right there. And, you know, to a certain degree, I understand what what he's saying. I totally understand what he's saying. He's saying that, you know, those 10,000-seat arenas, it's a different experience. You know, when you go to a Duke or when you go to a UNC or a Southern Cal or or one of these schools that that are, uh, you know, within a Power 5 conference, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But McCurr Maker actually made some comments, uh, you know, where he actually tweeted uh, in regards to what, you know, Dwayne Wade's comments. And I think uh, what what he said was very, mm, very appropriate, if you will. I mean, the young man uh, has, has gone out on the limb. I'm, I'm OK. I'm not going to say he went out on the limb, but the young man made a very tough decision in committing to an HBCU. All right. So here's the tweet. Thanks, Kari Champion. No knock to D-Wade, but playing in high school facilities didn't hurt Kobe, KG, or LeBron. Most facilities in Australia are like Howard or mid-majors. Didn't hurt LaMelo or RJ. If Ja brought TV to Murray State, then it's about your game. Then he tells D-Wade to send Zaire the Howard University or Hampton University, whichever one. I think, because isn't it Hampton? I think Hampton is actually the school that's interested in Zaire. But he might be saying go to Howard too. I don't know. Anyway, that's why they have the battle, the battle of the real HU. But at any any rate, you know, I think that uh, McCurmaker, I think he actually gets it. Now, here's the thing, and I've been saying this, you know, for several weeks. Um, Will we even see this kid, will we even see him suit up for Howard. Now, that would be the statement right there. You know, if he did decide to actually suit up for Howard because with this whole pandemic thing and, and we not knowing if 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 we're actually going to get basketball this season, there's a chance that we might not see him. But then there is a chance that we do. And you know, it's my prayers, man. I've been I've been sitting on this thing for weeks. You know, my prayers are that are that he actually suits up because the commitment means everything. Just the commitment from a blue chip means everything. But to actually suit up and play for the Bison is a whole nother story. That is a whole nother story because it's not just a, a commitment or your name on some paper. People actually seeing these kids that are coming out of high school behind you will actually have seen you suit up for Howard. They're like, oh, yeah, well, he really did do it. He didn't just make a commitment and then because of the pandemic didn't play and went to the NBA. Oh, he actually did it. And so it's going to be uh very interesting. That's why, you know, like I said, I'm hoping that we actually get some basketball, man. We've got to, we got to get some basketball If we don't get basketball this season, man. We're going to be in some trouble. I'm trying to tell you, we're going to be in some trouble. So again, big shouts out to uh McCurry maker, man. He, he's the guy. You know, right now he is the gatekeeper. Uh, what did I say in the first segment? We need the floodgates to open. We need the Mikey Williams of the world 
to commit to a Bama state or a Texas Southern or a North Carolina Central, wherever. We need, we need the floodgates to open, you know, so that we can get that exposure. Because here's the thing, you know, with what D Wade's saying about if, if these schools don't schedule Howard, then the cameras aren't going to be there. He's a lie. What? Man, this is basketball, D Wade. Like, it ain't like football. This is basketball. Oh, they, oh, they'll have a camera there or two or three. You know, if this kid is as good as, as he's supposed to be, as good as advertised, oh, yeah, they'll definitely be following him around. How could you not? Think about how historic this is. Why would you not follow him around? Yeah, I mean, you've got some people that have, that have gone on. Look, some some very bright minds in college basketball have gone on record and said that if McCurr Maker actually suits up for Howard, they expect Howard to go deep into the NCAA playoffs. What? When was the last time somebody said that about Howard or any HBCU? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It only takes one. It only takes one. For, you know, I'm a real basketball fans out there that are old enough to remember when Carmelo Anthony, you know, dude could have went to the NBA, right? He was an NBA caliber player, went to college. What happened? Won that championship with Syracuse his only year there, right? But had Melo been able to go to the league, oh, he would have went. Melo, Melo was, was that kind of quality. But, you know, like I say, it only takes one, man. It only takes one. And not to say that that, that if McCurmaker signs up and, and, and suits up and plays with Howard, they're going to win the NCAA tournament. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And neither did these bright minds that I'm quoting. They said they, they'll go deep in the playoffs, which would be a, a really dope thing to see. Would it not? Very dope. All right. So before we get up out of here, all right, man, the, the big sports story uh, from today, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. signing on. I think they call it the, the, the Legends Only League. They signed up for an exhibition fight. September 12th is where it's going to happen. Where we're going to see the former undisputed heavyweight champion Mike Tyson take on another former undisputed champion in Roy Jones Jr. Mike is 54 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Roy Jones, not too much younger. He's 51. Eight-round exhibition. Going to happen in Carson, California. (laughs) Pay-per-view. You already know it. (laughs) You already know it's going to be on pay-per-view, and I'm going to pay for that. I'll definitely pay for that. So uh, going to be very interesting to see these two old men uh, go at it. You know, I'm here for it. I mean, this is like Nostalgia Central. Y'all know how much I like to go down Nostalgia Row. This is it right here. Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson, because remember, Roy Jones actually stepped up and moved up to the heavyweight division. Remember that. So... It's going to be interesting. Mike hasn't fought since 2005. Roy Jones, uh, he has not retired. He stayed active for a minute. And so his last fight was like 2018. So uh, we'll talk more about it Saturday, man. Uh, but Craig Staff, we good? We good? Everybody good? Bruh, you all right? All right. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, that about do it for another edition of the HBCU Report. I'd like to thank tonight's guest, Jennifer Lynn Williams, athletic director from the Alabama State University uh, for checking in with the show. I also like to thank you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU report. Uh, 
don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend at the HBCU report is here three days a week, Tuesday and Thursday, right here on the mothership and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. via xquadradio.com. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at HBCU report. When we're not here, we're there. There is sports news and your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, Tomorrow's not promise, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. This is the HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway. Have yourselves a great evening and an even better Friday. And I'll see you guys Saturday morning, 9 a.m. via xsquadradio.com. Gong. When the pimp's in the crib, ma Drop it like it's hot Drop it like it's hot Drop it like it's hot When the pigs try to get at you Park it like it's hot Park it like it's hot Park it like it's hot And if a nigga get an attitude Pop it like it's hot Pop it like it's hot Pop it like it's hot I got the rollie on my arm And I'm pouring Sean Don And I'm all the best weed Cause I got it It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway